0: It is good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for today continues the series that we began a couple of weeks ago on gratitude for God's blessings. And certainly we have a great reason to be grateful for the things that God has given us. Especially this week, I think it's very appropriate with Thanksgiving coming up. And uh, so I-, I think the lessons have have been well Uh, put in that direction also of our thinking. So far we have studied the importance of expressed gratitude and certainly we understand that it is important for us to express our gratitude. Not just to the people that we see that do things for us, but also our gratitude to God. We should have a great deal of gratitude toward God for the things that He has given us and He expects us to express that also. We also looked at reasons for gratitude. Last week, uh, we looked at some of the things that we have reason to be grateful for. And certainly we have a great many blessings, a great many more that we weren't able to mention in one lesson. But we do see that we have great reason for gratitude in our lives. Today's lesson is entitled, A Thankful Christian Heart. I want to answer the question, what does having a grateful heart do for the life of an individual? A lot of times when somebody uh, looks at something that they're they're supposed to do, well, what do I get out of it? Well, what do I get from doing this? If I help you out, if I do this for you, what do I get in return? And when we look at at God, I, I hope that we don't have that same attitude But we do need to understand that as Christians there are some things that are added to our lives if we are grateful, if we recognize our reasons for gratitude. So in other words, what are the results of me being grateful? What does that have to do with my life? What changes may occur in the life of one who who maintains a grateful heart? Being grateful reminds us of certain things that maybe we have forgotten. It helps us with certain things that we deal with in life. It helps us to to deal with them in a better way. Being grateful helps us to be the kind of Christians that God wants us to be. And ultimately that is our goal, is it not? To be the kind of people that God wants us to be, and God wants us to be a grateful people. He wants us to be thankful for the things that we have, to be grateful for the things He has given us. Our lesson objectives for this morning are first of all to learn what being grateful can do for the life of a Christian, and secondly, to learn how to be or how to live our lives with the ingratitude of God. How do we, we do so in, in the right way? There are three things that I want us to notice, three different points. The first of all, the first of them is being grateful reminds. There are certain things that being grateful will remind us of. I've given you a very, very general uh, description of what this lesson is going to be, so let's get to some detail. Being grateful reminds us. That we are not the source of our blessings. One of the things that we need to recognize first and foremost is that anything that I have in my life or anything that has been accomplished in my life is not because of me. It's not because of anything that I have done to, to really deserve being blessed. But the source of our blessings is God. Now, some may become puffed up with pride to some degree over their own accomplishments or gains. Uh, You may hear something to the effect of uh, good things come to those with a strong work ethic, determination, or maybe even luck. From a personal standpoint, I don't believe in luck. And I try not to use that word for that reason. Sometimes I sit, but I try not to use that word because I don't believe in luck. I believe everything that we are given is given by God and we should recognize that. But as we look at, at people, they may have great accomplishment in life. And maybe it is due in some, to some degree to uh, the work that they have put into that accomplishment. But ultimately, God is the one that allows us our health He's the one that allows us to be able to do those things. And even that is the source. God is the source. Of all of our blessings, God is the source. In James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift. And every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God wants us to recognize Him as the source of our blessings. Every good thing that we've been given, every good thing that we enjoy in this life, every gift, God is the source. As we look at the Scriptures, we understand that there are those throughout Scripture who fail to recognize God as the source of their blessing. And particularly, there is a parable that is told in Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, and beginning with verse 13, we read this. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, say The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. Now notice how many times the word I is said here. I haven't counted them. But I can already tell that there are a lot of them here. So he said, I will do this. In verse 18. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this not your soul will be required of you, then whose will those things be which you have provided? Verse 21, So he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God, or so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The rich farmer took great pride And what he had done for himself. But in all of this pride. And all of this recognition. Of all the things that he had done. And all the things that he had acquired. And all the blessings that he had gotten for himself. And all of these things. He forgot. The source of his blessing. He forgot to be thankful. For what he had been given by God. God had allowed the ground to bless him plentifully. That's a blessing that that he could not provide for himself. All he did was was keep it up and make sure that it was tended to. and, And he gathered in all the things that God had blessed him with. But he forgot. He forgot to be thankful. He forgot to be grateful. And what happened? He died. And what happened when he died? What happened to all those good things that he had acquired for himself? Now they say there's a reason that you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. And that's the same way here. He couldn't take those good things with him. The best he can do is leave them for someone else or leave them to rot. Sometimes, because of pride, we may be thankful for the wrong things too. It may not be just a problem with with our forgetting to be thankful to God as the source of our blessings, but maybe it is that, that we thank Him for the wrong things. I want us to look at a prideful prayer that is found in Scripture. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And again, this is a parable, but it is a good illustration of a a good point. Luke 18 and verse 9. Also He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous. And despised others. Two, went, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector... I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. In verse thirteen, and the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, verse fourteen. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. This Pharisee was thankful, wasn't he? He was grateful. He was thankful that he was better. Than other men. When in fact. He was not. Because of his pride. Being grateful also reminds us to be humble. To humble ourselves before God. Knowing. That the only way for us to be exalted. Is in him. So being grateful is a good reminder to us. Some of the things that we need to remember. We need to remember that God is the source of our blessings. We need to remember not to become prideful. We need to remember to humble ourselves before God. And being grateful helps us to do that. Now we get to our second point. Being grateful helps. Being grateful helps us to keep our problems in perspective, first of all. We read about godly contentment in Philippians chapter 4. And notice what is said in verses 10 through 13. Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care. But you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul had learned in whatever state he was in to be content with what he had been blessed with by God. In writing this letter to the Philippians, in thanking them for their current show of generosity, he recognized their previous lack of it was because of lack of opportunity. And despite their lack of opportunity, he had been well cared for in these past experiences. He had been well taken care of by God. Now in verse 13, we think of all the things that Paul went through in life. All the things that he suffered He had been imprisoned and beaten and and almost tortured for his faith. But in verse 13, he tells us what he has learned in all of these things that he has suffered. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's an important lesson for us all to learn In Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6, it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Godly contentment helps us to avoid sins such as covetousness. Covetousness is defined as marked by inordinate desire for wealth or possessions, or for another's possessions. Or secondly, as having a craving for, for having a craving for possession. And when we get to the point where that's all we think about is other people's things, what they've been blessed with, what they have. I want that too. That's covetousness. And that's something that we need to guard against. And the way that we guard against it is by being content with the things that we have. We look even going back to the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17 says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife nor his male servant nor his female servant nor his ox nor his donkey nor anything that is your neighbor's. And in the New Testament the commands to love our neighbor condemns covetousness of things they possess. If we truly love our neighbor then we will not want for the things that they have we will not covet the things that they possess I hope that as Christians that we recognize that when we desire the possessions of others this certainly is not what God intends for us we've forgotten to allow God To bless our lives. We've forgotten to recognize Him. That's what covetousness is all about. It's certainly something that we need to be very aware of. Being grateful helps us to avoid other sins as well. Not just covetousness. But look with me at Ephesians chapter 5. And beginning with verse 1. Ephesians 5 and verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Now what does that have to do with anything? The fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be named among you, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. It almost seems at first glance that this doesn't fit, but it does. Let's continue reading. Verse 5. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things... The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Paul is giving the Ephesians here as he's writing to them and us as Christians. He's giving us a way to avoid sin. Instead of partaking in all of these sins that are listed here as as keeping us from an inheritance from God, give thanks. Give thanks. Thanks for the things that God has given you. Give thanks to Him for, for blessing you and you'll more readily recognize those things that That make us or help us to be Christians. The things that that make up a life of a Christian. Giving thanks should be at the first and foremost of our lives. We should give thanks in all things. And doing so will help us to avoid sin. And finally, one last point. Being grateful gives. But what does it give? Being grateful gives us. Peace of mind. Let's return to Philippians chapter 4. This time let us notice verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4 beginning with verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mothers thank God for their children and teenagers, asking for His blessings and protection upon them often. Peace of mind comes to them knowing that God is in control and that He cares for their children's souls. We may worry about a lot of things that we don't have control over. A lot of things that are in the future. And and we're reminded in James chapter 4 verses 13 through 15. Come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. I've heard it said, I don't know how true it is, but I've heard it said, that if you want to make God laugh, tell Him your plans. Because God knows all. And He knows that often our plans do not go according to the way that we planned them. We don't know tomorrow, but He does. He controls all of our tomorrows. And we can rest our souls in the knowledge that God is in control. That He holds the future in His hand. We may not know a lot of what is, what is ahead of us but we do know that if we put our trust in God that He will not fail us. And if we trust in God we can have peace of mind. Our future is in His hands. It's up to us to remain faithful to Him no matter what we may face. Just looking at at what we've learned today, being grateful reminds us of the source of our blessings and helps us to remember what we should be grateful for. Being grateful gives us the proper perspective regarding our problems and helps us to avoid sin. Being grateful gives us peace of mind. Being grateful in and of itself is a blessing from God and how it benefits us as Christians. However, these blessings are only given to those who are truly grateful. Those who have reason to be grateful to God. Christians, The blessings that that we enjoy... And I wouldn't say that that people who are not Christians are not blessed. Certainly they are. But we as Christians have the best reason for being grateful because of all that God has blessed us with. Namely, the gift of salvation. We, We can know that our sins are are put away from us, that they're covered by the blood of Christ. That if we have been obedient, that that we too are covered by His blood. That we are clothed in righteousness, a a righteousness that that is not ours, but His. We can know that we are saved if we are Christians. And, And only Christians really have that ability to be thankful to God for the gift of His Son. For the love that He showed us even when we were undeserving. Being Christians helps us to to put all of these things in the proper perspective and to truly be grateful to God for what He has given us. And so I ask you this question today. Are you grateful? Are you grateful for the salvation that has been given to you? Are you a Christian? Have you been obedient to the gospel plan of salvation? Do you truly have reason to be grateful? And if not, if there there is something in your life that is keeping you from a faithful, right relationship with God, if there's some way that we can help you, we want to do that. If you're not a Christian because you've not been obedient to the gospel plan of salvation, if you know what you need to do, then we'd be glad to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. To give you that reason to be truly grateful. But if you have any need whatsoever, if there is some way that we can help you, we give you the opportunity as together we stand and as we sing.